right. Praise the Lord. You, you may be seated. God bless you. Thank you to our music ministry team here tonight. Well, I'm delighted to bring to this pulpit uh, Brother Travis Morgan. He's doing the work of an evangelist. He's involved in discipleship. Praise God. He's a Christian man, Christian leader, Christian minister. He's also overseeing our cell group ministry, but of course we're calling it Connect Groups. Would you welcome the man of God to bring the word tonight, Brother Travis Morgan. We love you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Can we stand? Hallelujah. The Bible declares that once God has said it, twice have I heard it. Power belongs to God. As I was meditating on the word today, the Lord said there's healing in here today. I know that we're in a, a place where, or a country or a generation where we hear a lot of things, healings, and these words become cliches. But God does heal. God is alive. And God cannot lie. And he said by his stripes we were healed. He went through a process of salvation, a process. He left, he humbled himself and went through all this. Not in vain. He did it so we may take, may benefit from his sacrifice. I want to ask you right now, can you find someone? One more time, we're going to pray. And in the name of Jesus, I come against doubt, fear. Not in my name, but in the name of our everlasting God, Jesus Christ. I come against every demonic spirit that wants to hinder the church from receiving the love of God. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we lose healing in this place. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Just receive it now. Receive the healing now. Claim it. Grab a hold of it. He is our healer. He is the bomb of Gilead in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, we were healed by his stripes we were healed in the name of Jesus come on church push open your mouth he wants to hear your voice the song of Solomon de de declares that God is pleased to hear our voice when we call on his name when we praise him he is pleased in the name of Jesus Come on, let's pray some more. We love you, God. We believe your word, God. We receive your healing. Death cannot take us until you speak. Death cannot conquer us until you say so. And you are the life of men. And we receive your life. We receive your spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You give life, Lord and we receive it there's fear there's fear that's trying to bind the church there is doubt that's trying to bind the church but the head of the church is delivering us the head of the church sees and he will answer and he will deliver even now in the name of Jesus your calling is sure 
the prophecy is true. What you have spoken shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, resist the devil. Resist him. Hallelujah. Submit to God. Hallelujah. And the enemy shall flee in the name of Jesus. Don't believe the voice of the enemy, but believe and follow the voice of the shepherd. Hallelujah. What he have spoken shall come to pass. Hold on. Hold on to Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 20. I'm learning to lean on the Lord, lean on his unchanging hand. We're not perfect, but he is, and he lives inside of us. He lives in us. He lives in you. He lives in me. Jesus is alive, and he is well. And remember that he cannot lie. It's not that God doesn't lie. He can't. When he speaks, it shall come to pass. When he speaks, it will happen. He can't lie. He cannot. Praise God. If you're sick and he says you are healed, before he's a liar, you will be healed in the name of Jesus. He says, your faith has made you well. Your faith in me and who I am, your faithfulness has made you well. Sometimes doubt comes. It will come. But we need to hold on to God. Not to look on our circumstances, but look to him who's unchanging. The word is forever settled in heaven. He's forever. He is the word. He is settled. It's finished. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I won't be long before you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 through 20 says, speaking of Jesus but in particular, in this, ver in this scripture, he's speaking of the Son. Let's say it together, the Son. And we know who God is, but just follow. There's a treasure in this, in, in this text. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, speaking of the Father, the Spirit of God, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. 14. Now, we're, now he's describing the true Christ. In whom... We have redemption through his blood. That's flesh. Even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him, everybody say by him. Speaking of the son. Were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That means even the devil, Satan, was created by God and is used for his purpose. Praise God. They're not equal. 17. And he is before all things, 
and by him all things consist. The son, 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. That's us. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have preeminence. For please the Father, Spirit, that in him flesh should all fullness dwell. 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Let's pray one more time. I pray that today that we will receive the love of God today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, your name, Lord, we pray that you will baptize us, Lord, afresh with your spirit, with the spirit of love, so you may cast out fear because fear deals with torment. We thank you and we appreciate you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And the church says what? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. The Apostle Paul is speaking of the Son of God. He is teaching the church of Colossians or Colossians a mystery. And this scripture has a profound, powerful revelation in it. And when it's opened up today, you're going to dance, you're going to rejoice in the Lord, you're going to love God, you're going to believe Jesus, because you're going to see that he is for you and for me and not against us. We know there's one God. The Bible declares it in our favorite scripture, Deuteronomy 6.4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We know that. And dealing with creation, because Colossians is dealing with creation, we see that God says in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 44, 24, it says this. Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens, listen, alone, and spreadeth abroad the earth, listen, by himself. He said, I created earth and heaven alone, all one, and by myself. There was no one beside me. There was no board meeting, no committee. I purposed it, and I brought it to pass, says the Lord God. Isaiah 45, 18 says this, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He established it. He created it, not in vain. It wasn't in vain. Although we sinned against him and rebelled, God is saying, I did this thing, and it wasn't in vain. It may look bad to you, but to me, it's all good. God is not panicking. He's not worried about it. God said it's not done in vain. Praise God. He formed it to be inhabited. We see it now. We see us here. We see the animals, the birds. All of the trees and the beautiful landscape on this earth. God inhabited the earth. It was void at first. He says, I am the Lord and there is none else. Nobody else. God cannot be voted in. God cannot be impeached. He is God 
and God alone. Let's praise the Lord. So when we read Colossians and, and, and we see that, that the Son created things, everything, to, to, to make the Son another person waters down revelation. It really does. It waters it down to, to think that God will allow someone else to create the world. When he said himself, he did it alone. He did it by himself. So we have to look into this sonship to really understand the, the fruit, the revelation of the scripture. What is the purpose of the son? Everybody say the, the plan. We see in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. It says, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Everybody say flesh. And shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. Everybody say spirit. We see through the scriptures, even through the Old Testament, where, where the gospel was first preached, the dual nature of God, flesh and spirit. God had a plan, and God knew that he was going to initiate this plan and come in the flesh to be our redeemer. In Isaiah 9, 6, we see it again. It says, for unto us a child is born. Everybody say flesh. We know God was never born. He has no father, no mother, no brother, no beginning, no end. He's eternal. We need to know this because God, he knows everything. And he is, he is not reacting to your trouble. He's not reacting to, your, to, to our pity parties. And, and, and our murmuring and crying, because God knows all things. Yes. He is the only God. Yes. So it says here that a child is born. So we know that's not God. And unto us a son, everybody say flesh, Amen. is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Authority. And his name, who? The child that is born and the son that is given. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We see God through Isaiah declaring the gospel message, who he is and what he will do for us. God coming in the flesh, this child and his son being called the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace, the mighty God. God is preaching the gospel through Isaiah. We see it in Hebrews 10, verse 5 through 7, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, speaking of Jesus, speaking of God, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me. He's speaking from his humanity to the, to, to the spirit and saying, A body you have prepared for me. A body, sacrifices of bulls and, and sheep would never appease God's wrath. Do you understand that? Those things were temporary. A bull cannot wash away your sins. A, a sheep, a don whatever it is, no, no donkeys involved, but a sheep and a lamb cannot wash away our sins. It's life for life. So we see the Son, and the Son of God is the relationship of God as our Redeemer. Yes. The primary purpose for the Son of God 
is to redeem humanity. He has certain purposes, the son of God, the body of God. And one is to be a sacrifice. He was our sacrifice. Two, he was our appropriation, meaning he appeased God's wrath. Three, he was our substitute, life for life. The role that must be played in salvation had to be a role that a human could only do. An animal couldn't do it. Only a human being, only a kinsman redeemer was able to save us, to offer up himself in our place so that we may live. Do we understand that? That is the gospel. That is the gospel. This world right now is in trouble because the gospel is not being preached. And therefore, they're going everywhere because they, they don't understand that the wrath of God is no longer upon those that believe in what he has done for us. But we are an apostolic church that understand that God's plan was delivered. And he said on the cross that it is finished. And now we can come to the throne of grace and find grace and help in a time of need. Is that true? Let's praise God for that. We see the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God being our reconciler, reconciling us back to God. He's the mediator. But listen to this. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. And here it is, the man Christ Jesus. Nowhere in the Word of God will you find God the Son or the eternal Son because the Son was never eternal. That relationship came into being. And we see that Matthew when Mary birthed the Son of God. Birth Emmanuel, God with us. You see, flesh can't relate to God. We're flesh. God is spirit. The Bible says no one has seen God nor heard, nor heard his voice. And God knew that we could never really know him. Through the tabernacle, through furniture and typologies, we will never know him. And God wanted a relationship with us. He wanted to demonstrate his love and touch us and hold us and, and, and answer our questions. So he had to come into this realm. But the only way for him to come into the realm, he had to come in the flesh. And there we have the Son of God. I have to go a little faster. So now... We have some insight on, on Colossians verse 1 and 16. You ready for this? So it says, for by him were all things created. By that relationship, by the redemption relationship, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. When God created humans, he knew that humans would sin and not fulfill their purpose in creation. So the question is, why did God make everything? And here's the answer. Everything that he made was predicated on the sonship, on redemption. God says, I know already that these people are going to reject me. They're going to sin from day one with Adam and Eve. There's going to be murder and rape and incense and, 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 and wickedness in the earth. 
addictions, people bound. All these things were going to happen. And God said, but I'm still going to go forward because I know what I'm going to do for them. I love my people. Before you was here, God knew you. I love that scripture that says the foundation of God. I never knew God had a foundation, Pastor Sap. But the Bible says the foundation of God standeth sure. That God knows who belongs to him. God says, my foundation, which I stand on, are my people. I'm by myself, but I love my people. And I know that my people are going to fall into sin. But my love for them is so, so strong. And my passion for them is so potent that I'm coming for them. So I'm going to go forward and make the world. And the Bible says, in the beginning, right there we see God. Because Jesus said himself, Christ said himself, I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. The what? The beginning and the end. In the beginning, God created. He began to work knowing that he was coming. He said, don't worry about it. Working, it, working, building stuff. Building Adam's body and trees and plants. Knowing what's going to happen. He said, I'm coming anyway. Because I'm going to save you. That's God's foundation. In Jesus' name. Revelation 13 declares this, that before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. That means that God had it in his mind. He had it in his mind to give his life, his blood for us. The Bible declares that life is in the blood. God can't die. Let's cancel that right now. God never died on the cross. The flesh died. And the life that was in the flesh, the blood, was poured out. He poured out of himself for us. And he said, it's finished. Hallelujah. This is what God has done for me and for you. Can we go to John 1, chapter, John chapter 1, verse 1? The plan was always to die for us, to set us free from bondage. John chapter 1. Verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Logos. The Logos means word in Greek. And that word Logos is plan. And it says that the Logos, the plan of God, was in the beginning, right? And the plan of God was with God. And the plan of God was God. What was the plan? The plan was the redemptive plan. So we can read John 1 like this. In the beginning was God's redemptive plan and that means from the beginning he had it in mind and that redemptive plan was with God the whole time and that redemptive plan was God praise the Lord God planned to deliver us God planned to reach for us God planned to save a people that never ever acknowledged him you see we think that 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 God saved us we came to an altar. If that was true, that would mean that we chose him. Because we heard of him and we came to an altar in response to what we heard and we chose God. Okay, God, what I'm hearing is right. But the reality is that we came to the altar because God has chosen you. Before you were born, God knew you. This is, we have to know this. This revelation will kill condemnation and fear. Pastor Kyle has been preaching 
and prophesying to the congregation that fear and condemnation has been holding us bound. He gave us the illustration by the, through the Holy Ghost of the jackets over our head, the weights over our head. That's hindering the move of God in our lives. Because we don't realize that God knew you and knew us before we even sinned. Before you met that boy or that girl. Before you, 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 you sipped on alcohol or smoked or whatever, whatever it is that we do that we consider to be evil. The things that we can't get over. The past. The things that plague us at night in our dreams, in our conscience. Before we did those things, God knew and God has chosen you. And the reason why you're sitting here on a Wednesday night is because God reached for you. Because he loved you in Jesus' name. And God wants us to get over ourselves. Gird up our loins and stand strong. And if we feel weak, say we are strong in the Lord. Because he loves us in Jesus' name. What motivated God to do this? And here is the message. Here's the core that, that, that I want to touch on. The core. And Pastor Sapp texted earlier. I'm like, God, there is one spirit, one Lord. What motivated God to do this? I said it earlier. One word, love. God didn't have to make the earth create you and me. He didn't have to. Nobody would have judged him. Nobody would have reasoned him and said, God, why are you not going forward and making people? He was by himself. But why did God do it? Because of love. And I believe that God wants us to get back to that basic thing, the love of God. I pray that God will baptize us again with the love of God. Give us a revelation. Paul said like this, I pray you, you, you receive and, and, and understand the knowledge of the love of God, the breadth and the width and the height of the love of God. God does not love like our parents love in the flesh. God does not love like our ex-girlfriends and boyfriends or husbands and wives. God's love is unconditional. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. None. God reminds me of, of those people in high school who, who would chase a girl and they would ignore them. And they would still, oh, I just love her. I'm, I'm trying to call her and text her. That's what God reminds me of. We reject him so much. Isn't it true? We reject God so much. We, we draw ourselves away from God so much. And he's always pursuing us. Always knocking on our door, our hearts. Always moving on us. The Bible declares, with love and kindness will I draw them. He's always pulling us to him. When we feel condemned and we're hiding like Adam, he says, come out, I love you. Come on, don't hide yourself. Don't cover yourself. I'm your covering. I will bless you. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what God is saying. God loves us. Don't hide yourself because of your shortcomings, because of your thoughts, because of the enemy. Think about it. Praise the Lord. Think about it. Whenever we, we want to go forward, what happens? When you say to yourself, you know what, God? I love you. I want to reach more people. I've been working too much, God. You know, I've been working too much. I want to go out and reach people. What happens? Fear comes up. Doubt comes up. Condemnation arises. Isn't it true? 
and then you begin to talk yourself out of it. You say, you know what, I don't have any time anyway, and, and nobody cares. I'm not charismatic enough. I don't know what to say. We begin to give excuses, and that is not coming from you. It's coming from the enemy. The enemy, listen to me, the enemy is terrified of the church. I'm talking about you. From the least, the children, to the, to the oldest or the greatest. He is terrified. Once you go forth, knowing that God loves you and that when you go in his name, he is with you, the grace of God will be activated in your life to do what he has called you to do. Those things that you have in your mind to do is not from you. It's from God. The desire is to get your children around the table and do Bible studies and, and hopefully invite a neighbor is not from you. It's from God. But God is calling us back to our first love. I'm speaking the Holy Ghost. Every person, including myself, God is calling us back to our first love. The one that found us. The one that revealed himself to us and said, I love you. Here I am. And we jumped up with excitement. The hymn. He's calling us back to himself. And he's saying, leave the worldly things alone. Don't chase the world. It will never satisfy you. Don't chase what, 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 what the world offers. A raise, a better job, a husband, whatever it may be. A house, a car. More, more fame, more influence. Don't chase it. Come to me and I will give you rest. God is saying today, come to me and I will give you rest. I can see some of us chasing stuff on the computer, looking for, for satisfaction, looking for jobs, for attention. And God is saying, if you come to me, I'll give you peace. If you come to me, I'll give you joy. I am the lover of your soul. I love you. I appreciate you in Jesus' name. Look at this. I wanted to give you, I wanted to read John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And in the middle of me typing it, God said, no, Travis. I want you to read this scripture. And I found this scripture. And look at this in Matthew 23, verse 37. Speaking of love. He says, oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, thou that killeth the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee. thee. He says, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Do you see that? The, the, the whole picture. He was weeping and, and, and petitioning and crying over a wicked people. Because the love of God trumps everything that we do. It covers it. He's not looking at the sin. He knew the sin was coming before he made the world. But because of relationship and love and knowing that he's going to come and, and deliver us, he's saying, you killed my messengers, but come. I'm calling onto you. We're coming to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and I'm calling you. Not to religious sacraments and, 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 and um, church culture. But I'm calling you to myself. Personal relationship. Listen to me. You don't need nothing else. When we begin to seek God and make him priority, all these things shall be added unto us. 
The things that we've been chasing for years, trying to get degrees and, and, and trying to, to, to move up the ladder will be added to us. And maybe God will even change your plans. He'll say, you know what? What you was chasing wasn't even your purpose. Let me show you what you really want. You see, God knows. He, he not only provides, he sees and knows what we really need. We are not like the world. We are not of the world. We are a peculiar people. We are a chosen priesthood. God has chosen you and is calling you to a higher calling. So he loves us. And he says, return unto your first love. That's the first call. Then he says, return to the first works. Hmm. Hallelujah. Come on, church. When we receive the love of God, that equips us to go out. We can't go out until we're steadfast and immovable, always abounding. We have to be steadfast in God, know that he loves us, and receive the love. The love is there. It's available to us. He's not holding it back from us. But we have to receive it. And, I, and, and, and we can see in the church that sometimes that's the challenge. It's not that we're, 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 we're not coming and we're not hearing the words of God, but we're not receiving it. The Bible says don't only be hearers of the word, deceiving yourself, but be doers. When we receive the word, it, it instigates doing. It, it, when we receive God's love, then now we're motivated now to go because we received it. You understand what I'm trying to say? So God says return to your first love and now return to the first works demonstrating now the love of God. Look what Paul says. I'll show you. Paul says it in 2 Corinthians verse 5, 14 through 15. See, Paul is a man like us. Paul is flesh and blood, a sinner like everybody else. But Paul, he got it. He received it. And why? Because he realized that what God has given him, he did not deserve. You think you're bad? Paul was a terrorist. Paul was persecuting the church. Of Jesus Christ. Paul was a murderer. Paul was dragging families to prison. But when God knocked him down and revealed himself to him and didn't kill him then, he said, well, get up and go. And I'll tell you what to do. And then sent his brother to him. And he said, brother Saul, <laughs> get up. You're accepted. God loves you. He's going to use you. Jesus said, when much is forgiven, right, you're, 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 you're more excited, you're happy. When you realize how much debt you had and, and it's forgiven, you're more excited, right? And you said, God, okay, I could have died on that road to Damascus, but now I'm alive. Some of you could have died. Some of you could have been in prison for life, but God held back judgment. Some of you could have overdosed on drugs, but God held back judgment. Some of you could have committed suicide. The pain was so hard. The depression was so heavy. It was demonic. It was supernatural. But God came in and held back judgment. And God says, no, I've chosen you. You are a chosen vessel and you belong to me. Praise God. So Paul says this. For the love of Christ constrains us. It motivates us. Because we thus judge. We, we, we judge this. We realize Praise God that if one died for all, then we're all dead. We were all dead. 
If Christ died for everyone, I mean, everyone was dead. That means the priest in the temple who was, who was pr um, praying and, and, and sacrificing for the people wasn't good enough. That the men on the street, the murderers and the drug dealers weren't good enough. That we all were dead in sins and trespasses. And God died for all. He says we judge this. We realize this. And 15 says this. And that he died for all. And, th and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. But unto him which died for them and rose again. We are in, a, in evangelism time now. God is bringing us back to his love. And from that position of receiving God's love, he is calling the church now to reach like he did. Who was the first evangelist? Jesus. He left his throne and came to our neighborhood and began knocking on doors, demonstrating love. What was the doors? Your heart, my heart. He said, I'm here open unto me. He was the first one passing out tracts. What's the tracts? The word of God. He gave us a word. He said, look, look at my word. There is salvation. My word is true. Test it. Try it. It's proven. He was the first evangelist. He saved families. When one gets saved, the whole family gets saved. He was the first evangelist. He invited us to the church. He said, come into the church. Come into my body. And God now is calling us to do what he did. And God wants us now in this season, in this time, to reach the loss. This world is selfish. This world is about selfies and, and me. People are put on plastic on their face, plastic on their bodies. The world is crazy. Men saying they're women, women saying they're men. men. People calling good evil and evil good. The world is selfish. And we cannot go on like this if we are the true body of Christ. And that's why our pastor, the shepherd, the under-shepherd of this location is preaching and telling us that God is calling this church to evangelism. And it's not to get a building. It's to build up the spiritual house of God. And if God gives us a building, glory to God. But if he doesn't, glory to God because souls are being saved. In the name of Jesus. If you look on Sunday morning out, out here, there are so many empty seats. I believe each seat has a name on it waiting for someone to fill that seat. We have a vibrant church. We have gifted people in this church. We have people who know the word, who are anointed in Jesus' name. There is no reason why we cannot go out and reach for people. Reach for who, who, who God knows. Reach for the one. The harvest is those that God knows. I believe this in Jesus' name. God gave me a word today, a prophetic word. And I'm going to give it to you in a scripture because the Bible says we now have a sure word of prophecy, which is the word of God. And then I will elaborate. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, 14. You can stand. We're going to close in Jesus' name. Can, can someone come and play for us? So we could pray a little more before we dismiss. Praise God. Listen to this. This is a word that God gave me for us right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. It says, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. 
but God shall destroy both it and them. He says, now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. As I was praying today, I kept hearing like an echo. The body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. The body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God has made us for himself. Not only the spiritual body, the, the church, but your personal body right here. Touch yourself right here or wherever your head, whatever. And say, my body belongs to you. He has made our bodies to house him. He says, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of God? Don't you know that you're carrying the glory? Don't you know that the world is waiting on you? Doesn't the spirit say in the word of God that the creation groaneth and travaileth and is waiting for the sons of God, plural, the sons of God to manifest? He is waiting for you and for me, the carriers of the Holy Ghost, the carriers of the spirit of God, Creation is waiting for us to go out and to manifest. God right now is looking in the congregation. Right now. He can hear your heart. He is looking for the one that will just say yes. Send me. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for someone that thinks they have it all together. Or that knows everything. But he's looking for someone that will say, Lord, my body is made for you and you for my body. And I will go wherever you sent me. When the Bible says that God sent the son, it doesn't mean that he was pre-existing before and God sent him. That word sent actually means appointed. And I could prove it. The Bible says that John the Baptist was sent of God. It doesn't mean that John the Baptist, right, existed before his birth, but it meant that he was appointed. Christ is called the apostle of our profession, meaning the appointed one. And the apostles are sent. God wants to send you into the highways, into the byways, into your neighborhoods, not to strive. He wants to lead you. Oh, God, once you say yes, God is going to lead you to that person. How do you know, Travis? How do you know that? How, do, how will I know that this person is who God is choosing? I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to give you the best way to know that you're called for that person. When you look at them and you feel the love of God, it comes out of nowhere. You can't produce it. You look at a person and you just say, mm, you're locked in on them. And then you feel this love for them that you didn't produce. You feel this, this, this love like, man, God, I love that person. That's how you know that's the one to talk to. And when you move out in faith and you speak to that person, grace will be with you. Faith will be with you. Christ will be with you. And your words will be seasoned with grace. And that person will receive and they will be saved because of your witness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that?
God wants to use you. God wants to work with you. Let's pray. Wait, before we pray, I want to I do something crazy. Can you change your seat? Go to an empty seat. And by faith, we're going to pray for someone else. By faith, we're going to say, Lord, whoever belongs here, you know your sheep. And your sheep know your voice. Call them, Lord God. Call them like you call the church in the Song of Solomon. He says, my love, my fair one, come. He says, the winter is over and the rain has passed. Hallelujah. The flowers are now budding. The, the, the figs on the fig tree, come to me. We're going to pray for someone else right now. There's someone that is waiting for God to reach out to them. There's someone who's calling on God right now. They're contemplating suicide. Let's pray. As I speak, start praying. They're contemplating suicide right now. And they're saying, God, give me a sign. You are that sign in the name of Jesus. They're saying, God, send help, Lord. I don't know what to do, Lord. I feel like there's more to life than just this. Send, send me, God, to that person. Lord God, fill these seats with souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Make us, Lord God, master builders, building the spiritual house of God. Because unless the Lord builds the house, they that build labor in vain. We desire to build, Lord God. We desire to reach. We desire to connect, Lord Jesus, people to you and to your church. Help us, Lord God, in our shortcomings. Oh, God, help us where we doubt. Help our unbelief, Lord Jesus, and fill us with faith. Fill us with faith to believe you. Fill us, Lord God, with faithfulness to stay the course, to do, Lord God, what you have called us to do. If you're struggling in your ministry, God is faithful and just to perform what you have spoken. Stay the course in the name of Jesus. Continue to lay hands in Jesus' name. Continue to preach the gospel in Jesus' name. Continue to do Bible studies in your home, in your church, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His arm is not too short where he cannot say, but he wants to see faithfulness. God, give us a steadfast spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. receive that word come on we have heard the language of the spirit here tonight can we just extend our hands upward and say thank you Lord thank you for loving me and for allowing me to be a part of loving others hallelujah I've heard the language of the Holy Ghost tonight 